But interestingly enough, I guess, you know, if you're talking about, well, why do I do this? The the, the founder of Krav Maga, a man by the name of Emich uh, Emi Lichtenfeld, um, he, his motto was, why do Krav Maga? So that one may walk in peace. So one wow. can be a peaceful person. Huh. Not, not objective of, well, you know, let's go and create mayhem. It's like, no, no. So we, as individuals, every person, so one, as in every person, may walk in peace. And that is the universal motto for Krav Maga. So one may walk in peace. And where what we achieve from learning how to protect myself this is my belief what I learn how uh, what I achieve on how to protect myself is peace so throwing back to uh, a very well known statement this is to truly have peace one must prepare for war um, after that as much as I want to protect them yeah. um, because I love them we can't insulate them yeah. They have to experience adversity. Yeah. And and every person thrives when we have adversity and we learn how to overcome it. Yeah. It's not about providing a safe space for them that uh, they can hide this from is these good. things. It's not about, oh, here's your safe space. You can go here and hide. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and everything has its time and place. Yeah. But um, they have to have adversity. They have to have challenges. Tim, I, um, I, 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 I think I'm summarizing a little bit okay. of what you're saying here. Mm-hmm. But a great man once said to me mm-hmm. that uh, a peaceful, loving person who can't fight mm. is helpless. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard this too before. Um, Mate, it was you. Think, you gave me that one at the coffee shop the was, other day. I was trying to I'm maintain, giving it back to you. I was maintaining humility, but thank you for <laughs> blowing that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it's not my statement um, by any means, but... Um, uh, and, and I probably won't get it exactly right, but um, the statement is something along the lines of, you know, a person can't choose peace uh, unless they actually have the capacity for violence. If they don't have the capacity for statement. violence, if they, they're, they're not choosing to be peaceful. They are helpless. Yeah. yeah. Well, dear listeners, not since I sat one Saturday night alone and I watched Die Hard 1, 2, 3 and 4 all on the same evening have I been so excited by an episode. (laughs) It's almost as if, Tim Alexander, I've got Bruce Willis himself. (laughs) We were having a discussion before about the Steven Seagal movies. What were they called? Oh, the... Under Siege. Under Siege. Siege What did you think? think of those films i loved them i loved them at the time too <laughs> what was your favorite <laughs> i would have to say the first one because i can't really remember the second one so it's it, it's no, a little bit of my second one you know, was about a plane <laughs> wasn't it about a plane uh, oh no uh, i reckon it's uh, die hard three. Oh, one of them but i do i don't remember what film it was but he was like in the titles of one of them and it was on a plane but he died within the first 10 minutes and i was like okay oh no i didn't <laughs> i didn't watch that one mate. i yeah, needed I him to last you know <laughs> yeah it was a surprise you know but anyway but thank you for what about the old Die Hard, mate? Oh, mate the, the original, yeah. the original, Brilliant. classic. Yeah. Who yeah. was the villain in that? Oh God, the he's names good. are Hans Gruber. 
Yeah, but he only passed away recently. Yes. Yeah, he was also in love. Actually, I've forgotten his name mm. too. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> Yankee. Yes, Alan Rickman. My wife knows all characters. Now, dear people, did you hear that voice in the background? You know what that means? <laughs> yeah, the chipster. <laughs> <laughs> Look out! Is in here. studio. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's all this got to do with a journey with Bernie and Chip? A podcast about finding actions and strategies and routines, disciplines to become a a more joyful human being. We use the word joy, Tim, because Chip and I have started to recognize that, geez, it helps when people can take control of that inner journey to wake up each and every day with more joy Mm. in their life. The Dalai Lama, in his beautiful book with Desmond Tutu, The Book of Joy, yes, we'll put that in the uh, podcast notes for you, um, just said that joy was the ability to wake up every day feeling the joy of life, uh, a happiness within self that was almost sustainable. Mm. And, of course, the whole book was about how do you get there. Mm. And we would claim or our journey would suggest that in discovering greater inner joy, we have a foundation to be a more loving human being. Mm. Well, mate, I've got bloody Bruce Willis here in the (laughs) disguise of Tim Alexander here, mate. We better explain the connection, mate. You are an instructor, and that's where I'm going to stop because mm-hmm. what you instruct is phenomenal. Please, pal. Oh, thank you. Give us, give us the scope, mate. Mm-hmm. What, what, what currently takes up your profession? Well, I'm, uh, I'm a professional instructor in a system called Krav Maga. It's a uh, say that again, please. Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Krav Maga. K R A V. New word. M A G A. Two words. Krav Maga. Yeah. Right. Sounds like one of the villains in Die Hard. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a full-time instructor in a system called Krav Maga. Yeah. Um, I have a school here in Brisbane, but I also work um, for the international headquarters uh, for Krav Maga um, as their regional representative in Asia Pacific as one of their global team members. That's international kind of headquarters? Mm-hmm. For the International Krav Maga Federation. Well, why does Krav Maga need an international headquarter? <laughs> well, because the, 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 the system has to originate from somewhere. Yeah. You know, and uh, the system is uh, it originated uh, in the Israeli counterterrorism units, Israeli uh, military units, um, f- specifically initially for the use of their, their soldiers, their police, that sort of thing. It has spread over you know, many, many years into the civilian sector uh, yeah. as well. Um, and that is where majority of my time uh, is spent, you know, training everyday people, um, but also uh, as part of just the profession and also the travel. I involve headquarters have been training numerous people on professional uh, levels, including military, uh, policing, intelligence units, special units, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's, yeah, it's kind of Wait. what I do in a very, very small nutshell. You're Bruce Willis and Steve Seagal mixed in one. <laughs> I appreciate that, but I, I can't claim that, but thank you. Hey, mm. tell us, tell us uh, therefore, uh, mm-hmm. what you can tell us. I'm mm-hmm. already starting to develop the picture that there's perhaps only so much you, <laughs> you can. I think you know things. <laughs> oh, possibly. I think we all know things. <laughs> are, are you like a black belt in uh, yeah, yeah, you could sort of say that. Yeah. I would have achieved that you know, probably 
2009. So well, <laughs> now you're better than Bruce Willis, Willis, mate. You're better than Steven Seagal. Well, I, I don't he know. Used he's, to... <laughs> he's been training a lot longer than I have. You know, it's very different. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, in in my organization, I'm ranked what's called uh, expert level four. Okay. Um, and oh, like I said, I've been training 21 years to get there. I'm due this year in 2024 to potentially train for my next uh, level uh, back over in Israel. But uh, we'll just have to see what happens. That's incredible, mate. Times. That's yeah. incredible. Thank you. Tell me, is it a judo? Is it a uh, tai chi? Is it a, is there a, a discipline out there that we might be able to be more familiar with, and we can go, ah, oh, I, I get the sure. feeling of what Krav Maga is all about. Sure, I, I think the simplest way to describe it is to say the way that we describe it, or what it is. It's not, a, it's not a martial art. It's a system of defensive tactics or self defense system. And it's the best way to describe it. Um, it's not to do with uh, competition or you know uh, winning belts and titles and stuff like that. Not, not that there's anything wrong with those things. You know, yeah. And nothing wrong with people who engage in those uh, styles and systems. They absolutely you know work hard, train hard, and, and certainly fight well. Um, but it's a hand to hand combat system, um, basically. The the objective number one that we have is avoid uh, violence, avoid confrontation at all costs uh, as much as we can, um, but in the circumstances where all avoiding and preventing that sort of stuff fails, well, obviously the individual is in very serious danger. Yes. Therefore, the situation has to be resolved very quickly, yeah. uh, very efficiently, uh, very aggressively, um, all obviously still within the framework of what's um, reasonable force under law, yeah. uh, depending on you know where we are in the world teaching it. Um, but it's it's... Uh, it's striking, it's defending, it's releasing from problems. Uh, it, it's not it, – so, you know, we, we, we punch, kick, knees, elbows. It, it, one way I describe it is very simply, if there's a part of the body that we can use to inflict pain to another person, <laughs> that's very – Remember very this podcast on. is about love, yeah, happiness, and it joy. <laughs> well, it's, 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 inflict, it's inflicting pain on, on an aggressor yeah. who's intent yeah. on causing me – Injury or harm okay, or death. Okay. Um, so, if there's any part of the body we can use to achieve the objective of making myself safe against that attack, yeah. we'll use it. Yeah, so we yeah, don't yeah. we don't subscribe to rules, <laughs> except what's allowed under law. But there was a rule that you you you, mm -hmm. is, you didn't paint it as a rule, but mm -hmm. you did say that the first objective was yes. to avoid conflict Absolutely. at at all costs. Mm. So, in the process of learning the the philosophy, the art of Krav Maga, mm -hmm. do you actually get given tools to help you avoid that conflict? 100%. Is there a, is there a mental framework mm -hmm. to help you mm. um, utilize that against mm -hmm. the aggressor, mm -hmm. so that um, mm -hmm you can avoid the conflict. Absolutely. It's an integral part of training uh, wow. that we believe. Um, we as the uh, International Krav Maga Federation, the IKMF, uh, we absolutely believe it's an integral part um, because, you know, if, if I'm – it doesn't matter what my skill level is, whether it's high or low. If I'm out there seeking – violence, seeking engagement. I'm just a thug like any other criminal out there. Yeah. So the objective is that I will, I, I don't want to fight. I don't care, you know, how experienced I am or how tough I am or what. The, the objective number one is don't fight. Because if I, if I do get into a fight, the chance of injury one way or another is significant. Whether that's, you know, injury to myself um, because the person gets the better of me or in the process of defending myself, I, I injure myself or I don't get physically injured, but something happens and now I've got legal repercussions. That's also an injury. You know, that's something yeah. that can happen. We yeah. want to avoid these things as much yeah. as possible. So therefore, when we do decide I have to engage, 
it's because I don't have another choice. Yeah. So, you know, peace is the first choice that we're after. Just prior to that moment mm-hmm. before you have no other choice, mm-hmm. are, are there any tools? Mm-hmm. Can I give you a silly example? The yeah, other night so. I went to the cricket. <laughs> yes. Right? This was a T20, 20-over game, mm-hmm. Brisbane Heat versus whoever. Right, and around about five meters away from me, there was a, a young dad, mm-hmm. a young wife, and 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 child. Mm-hmm. And dad had had too much to drink, mm-hmm. and he was a bit boisterous. Mm-hmm. And around three seats in front of him, another male turned around and told him to shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. hello, yeah. male egotism and machoism then took over, coupled with alcohol, uh, yeah, coupled <laughs> with the alcohol, mm-hmm. and cut the long story short, forty minutes later. Mm. It's on between the two of them. Mm. It didn't actually get to a fisticuffs, but there was a bit of shoulder, yeah, sure. uh, chest pushing, you know, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et now, if you're engaged in that type of situation, mm-hmm. is there anything that one can do or say or present mm-hmm. that is likely to diffuse it before it escalates? That's a really good question. Um, I don't think that's a simple answer no, uh, to I, that because, I mean, you look, for example, at uh, police officers, you take yeah. police officers, and one of the best skill sets they have is their verbal ability to manage situations, trying yeah. to de-escalate, diffuse. That they're, they're fantastic at communication. And the majority of society, I don't believe we are <laughs> by default, um, really good at communicating and you know trying to get to the, the, the base objective or what's the issue between us. We can um, only rely on instinct there, can't we? Yeah, as to what we might say. Because yeah. instinct could be fueled also. Uh, and you know, I make no judgments on the example given, but um, you know, what's fueling the instinct? Yeah. Is it ego? Is yeah. it experience? Yeah. Is it learning and knowledge? Yeah. Is it you know, drugs or alcohol yeah. when I'm on. Um, so uh, it's again, I don't think it's a very it's a straightforward uh, answer. Can I? I, I, I we'll press on this just for a little sure. while longer because I want you to be my evaluator. Okay. That night, mm-hmm. I chose. Mm-hmm. To watch and observe mm-hmm. and actually do it with disinterest. Uh, mm-hmm. I decided mm-hmm. not my task, mm-hmm. um, even though he was five metres away, he wasn't mm-hmm. directly affecting mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. Um, or the good friend that mm-hmm. accompanied me. Mm-hmm. However, the young man who was sitting three rows in front of him, mm-hmm. had I been him, mm-hmm. and let's just say that he felt that his family's right to have a joyful night at the mm. cricket without an idiot yeah. um, impacting him. Mm-hmm. He wanted to take action. Yep. All right. Now, he did, and he mm-hmm. did it by through abuse, and all he did was flame the situation. Yeah, which we see happen. <laughs> all the yeah. time. And yeah. I, I watched it, and I actually smiled to myself. Mm. Talk about machoism and egotism just mm. sort of like taking over and fueling the process. You yeah. Know? But okay, I'm going to throw one at you, and I know I'm going to get, by the way, responses to what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. saying, you idiot, Bernie, da 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 You know, I'll here we go. Talk. But I want, I want, <laughs> Wait, I want your is, response. What does their opinion okay. matter? <laughs> this is what I, I, I could have contemplated doing. Mm-hmm. I could have contemplated going downstairs, mm-hmm. buying a beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for me. Mm-hmm. Taking the beer back to him. Mm-hmm. And because I could actually um, get behind him, I mm-hmm. could just come up to him and say, mm-hmm. put my hand on his shoulder mm-hmm. and just say, hey, good man, great to see you having a hoot here at the cricket. Mm-hmm. I know you're having a great time, mm-hmm. you know. And, mate, uh, just to make sure that you understand this, this is not a, a shot at your wanting to have a great time, mm-hmm. here's a beer on me. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. 
but I'm going to ask a favour. Mm -hmm. Just the level of your voice and the mm -hmm. things that you're yelling at, can you just be aware that my dear wife and my child down there, mm -hmm. particularly my child, aren't used to mm -hmm. that type of language? Mm -hmm. Is there an opportunity to tone it down a little mm -hmm. bit, um, if you would, please? Mm -hmm. And, mate, if you did that, I'd be very, very grateful. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a few of the other people around you might mm -hmm. be doing it, mate. But just to sit, make mm -hmm. sure, mate, that you understand that mm -hmm. you've got a right here to enjoy yourself and mm -hmm. I'm thrilled that you are. Mm -hmm. Here's a beer on me. Mm -hmm. Now, mate. Mm. Come on, Stephen Seagal. <laughs> what do you think of that strategy? I, I can answer you as Tim. Um, but <laughs> look, I, uh, if he's already intoxicated, I would be hesitant about offering a beer. Yeah. But, you know, I think that the verbal approach there – uh, you know, it's it's potentially yeah, worth a shot. Yeah. You know, because uh, from what I what I heard you say there is, you know, you're coming not from a point of conflict, yeah. not from a point yeah. of you know trying to tell him to shut up. Yeah. Um. Just hey, ple pleading your case out. Yeah. And, and sometimes, uh, you yeah. know, I believe when it comes to the communication aspect, <laughs> when you know when we just put it out there and yeah. say, hey, look, this is what's going on for yeah. me. You know, would you mind helping me out? Which yeah. is essentially what it sounds to me like. You know, yeah. you'd be asking, hey, kind of help me out here. Yeah. Sometimes we find the people are reasonable you yeah. know sometimes we will yeah other times they won't be <laughs> that's right mate and i, I understand so, yeah. that i understand mm. that's why you know mm. I, I i know that there would be some people listening to mm. what a stupid thing to do but i get oh, no, that I but so. that would be the bernie mm. that would be the initial gut level instinctive bernie mm. approach although that would be modified by a reading of the situation yes because i'd have to read that his level of abuse wasn't going to be more inflamed by yeah. my supposed mm. generosity of spirit, you know, yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And, and I yeah. believe it is important to evaluate a situation. I mean, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. when I'm not, you know, neck deep in it, so to speak, yeah. know, for the other guy who is already in the confrontation, it could be quite difficult for him to yeah. try to evaluate at that point. But evaluation of a you know, situation is important. I mean, what is the, what's the very first step yeah. of a first aid response? Assess for danger. Yeah, yeah. Which is essentially yeah. assess, look around, what's going on? What mm. danger do I have? You know, will will my actions here increase my level of danger yeah. or will it not yeah. you know and 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 that's not being cowardly or selfish it's it's smart yeah you know taking it in the first aid example you see someone lying in the street you're like oh my goodness and you rush over yeah not realizing they're in a pool of water and there's down power lines yeah. well you know you're down too so we need yeah. to you know assess we're able and and you're coming back with your example there of, of quite a very measured you know response yeah but i don't I don't believe that that's something that you will have come up with on the fly and never thought of that before. No, I've never behaved in that way. No, so you have either potentially thought of that or thought well, that might be a reasonable way to go about it. Yeah, and that's a really interesting comment because mm. what's happened in my journey of life, it's this type of approach that is becoming I'm becoming more aware mm. is available to me mm. and that I actually have the capacity to pull it off. Mm. Yeah. And so I, I can utilize it, yeah, you absolutely. know. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but that, that sort of that sort of thing in my in my experience is more of a, a, a trained or learned or, you know, thought through response. Yeah. Not in the moment. No. But but you've already put no. it there. Yeah. You've already had put it in your mind beforehand. Yeah. So then when when the moment does arise, you are able to, you know, execute that yeah. thought process and yeah. say, hey, look, this is what I thought. It's worth a try. Yeah. You know? So yeah. no, it's a it's it's a great observation and 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 you're right, it's mm. evolved within me over over time. But mm. interesting enough, you, when you're dedicated to things like uh, a constant meditation practice, mm -hmm. and and I'm also um, a reader of a book a month, which mm -hmm. isn't you know. 
tap dancing material. Mm-hmm. But the books that I read tend to serve my awareness of what might be wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said what might be. Seek. Yeah, well, I mean, we, it comes, I believe, from evaluation and, as well. <laughs> and can I also say this podcast too, mm-hmm. th- this whole journey of the podcast where we're talking about love, happiness and joy and meaning and how to generate more within ourselves. Mm-hmm. These are great learning and awareness experiences. Mm-hmm. And so the culmination of all that, you know, collectively after a while, you find your, your spirit, your approach and your awareness shifting mm-hmm. and so those things you know tend to happen a little mm-hmm. automatically you know welcome mm-hmm. to the journey I mean, mm. as chip and i say tim just two humble guys on the journey who happen to believe that there are different ways of approaching yeah <laughs> things absolutely. why not to, mm. to what conditioned and programmed persons mm. in society uh might 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 think is the norm, you know? Mm. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Hey, but but tell us now why in you know in in my two interactions with you, this mm. is the second one. The first one, I had a beautiful coffee with you the other day up Thank at you. our favourite little place called mm. Joey's. Mm-hmm. I often think about people in America when I tell them about Joey's. <laughs> come out to Australia, come out to Brisbane, you Americans, and find out what Joey's Cafe on Kangaroo Points looks like. Mm. It is sensational, yeah, fantastic is place, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're a balanced person. You're not a you're not a a, a warlike person. You're you you you. you, you Everything that I've met of you so far, I don't, I don't feel an aggression, assertive, um, an angry uh, uh, person. Mm. Why do you do what you do? Mm. What's the value of mm. it? You strike me as if you're on a journey of finding more <laughs> peace in yourself too. Well, I think it's, I think it's the <laughs> the deepest desire of everyone's heart, you know, to have peace. You know, really is. And elaborate on that a little bit more for us. What is the deepest desire in everyone's heart? Oh, I can't say. I said I. Uh, I think my words were. I believe that is a deep desire that everyone has. Oh, not um, the deepest. Not necessarily the deepest. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it may be. It may be the deepest. I yeah. think. <clears throat> but I. I do believe that is everyone's desire. You know, to have peace, feel peaceful. Yeah. Feel you know, <clears throat> uh, freedom to you know be who I am, where I am, and not feel oppression around that. Um. So, but interestingly enough, I guess, you know, if you're talking about, well, why do I do this? The, the, the founder of Krav Maga, a man by the name of uh, Imrich Imi Lichtenfeld, um, he, his motto was, why do Krav Maga? So that one may walk in peace. So we wow. can be a peaceful person. Oh. Not, not objective of, well, you know, let's go and create mayhem. It's like, no, no. So we as individuals, every person, so one, as in every person, may walk in peace. And that is the universal motto for Krav Maga, so one may walk in peace. And where what we achieve from learning how to protect myself, this is my belief, what I learn how, uh, what I achieve on how to protect myself is peace. So throwing back to uh, a very well-known statement, this is to truly have peace, one must prepare for war. And this I, I agree with and believe because when I am prepared to deal with you know, adversity uh, or danger that may come to me or my family and I have the skill set, the ability to face that and overcome it or at least you know, give it a hard time, yeah. I will feel more peaceful because I feel prepared. 
Salutations, rock stars. It's Chip Huddy here with the first of today's loaded questions. And what Tim just said about being prepared for violence got me thinking about the old saying, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And I reckon that is the finest advice on conducting your life that I've ever heard because it encapsulates the two outlooks that are mandatory for resilient happiness, optimism and realism. The happy human always carries in one hand hope for the best but in the other hand, a plan for when things go sideways. Now, I'm going to return to and expand upon this idea in the take-home pay, but for now, I think it's enough for us to consider this question. How can we keep the proper balance between optimism and realism? Because the balance is so important. How can we stay hopeful without becoming deluded? And how can we stay grounded without becoming cynical? And I have a great example of this um, that I, I remember when I was, uh, I served as a reserve in the Australian Defence Force uh, for eight years with the military police, <clears throat> excuse me. And in one of our training scenarios we were doing as I was going through um, as a participant, like part of my training in the military, um, we were put through training scenarios and the, and we had all, you know, our um, duty belt on, we're in uniform, it's all on the, on the base during training. Um you know, training firearms, training pepper spray, all that sort of stuff to respond in scenarios. And the task that myself and my work partner were given, like, don't let anyone pass this point. You know, the scenario is there's something in the building and as the military police, you're securing the building. Don't let anyone come in because there's an investigation going on. Something's happened. Okay, no problem. Very simple task. So we had an individual come up to us role-playing. Oh, you know, guys, you know, I just got to go in the building. And he was behaving as if he was drunk, all that sort of thing. And obviously we're like, well, no, you can't. You know, going through the standard process of, you know, the role-play. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem, no problem. And he, and he turns his back on us to walk away. And then he spun around, hands up, swearing and carrying on, like, oh, I'm going to take, come on, you know, I'm going to smash you. And you're like, very aggressive, very angry. And I remember looking at the guy, you know, putting my hand up and just like, look, you know, excuse me, so just step back, move away, put your hands down. And I was communicating like this <clears throat> while at the same time my partner next to me was jumping onto his belt, grabbing out his pepper spray and, you know, deployed this pepper spray, inert, so it's just water, deployed it into the guy's face. Mm. And, you know, and then the guy went down, we arrested him, etc. And I remember in that moment thinking, why did he go for the pepper spray and why didn't I? Yeah. And actually his, his actions were... Uh, absolutely within what was reasonable, what we were allowed to do within our rules of engagement or our use of force, they absolutely were reasonable. The guy was being very actively aggressive. And the only thing I could think of later on, I'm like, well, why did he go for that? And I didn't. And then the, the, I, the thought came to me, is like, well, how many times in my life as an instructor already, I mean, that was quite still early on in my journey, but how many times in my life have I had someone standing in front of me, even in a training scenario, hands up, ready to go, ready to, you know, throw down and smack, like, Hundreds of times, if right, not thousands okay. of times. Yeah. Well, my colleague hadn't. Yeah. So our response was markedly different. Yeah. Neither one was inappropriate. Yeah. Mine was appropriate based on my experience and skill level, and his was appropriate based on his skill level. Yeah. But that's something I looked at it later on for myself, just to analyze well, why. Why did I respond that way? Yeah. His level of stress was higher. Mine was lower. Yeah. Yeah. Simply because of what we've been exposed to before. Exposed, and 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 of course the exposure coming back to your key word before was mm -hmm. uh, lent itself for you being greatly prepared. Mm. Well, preparation prepared differently. Yeah, 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 prepared yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is which is exactly yeah. As you yeah. said, like regardless of what the preparation is, yeah. is it is it for a violent encounter? Is it you know as a police officer to you know uh, deal with a, a a violent offender? Yeah. Is it 
you know, going into an exam. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The level yeah. of preparation will have yeah. us yeah. going circular here. will have us better prepared and therefore more peaceful sure, and calm sure, sure. around the circumstances. Yeah. Tim, I, um, I, I, I think I'm summarizing a little bit okay. of what you're saying here. Mm-hmm. But a great man once said to me mm-hmm. that uh, a peaceful, loving person who can't fight Mm. He's hopeless. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard this too before. Um, Wait, it was you. Think, you gave me that one at the coffee shop the was, other day. I was trying to. I'm giving it back to you. I was maintaining humility, but thank you for <laughs> blowing that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it's not my statement um, by any means, but um, uh, and and I probably won't get it exactly right, but um, the statement is something along the lines of, you know, uh, a person can't choose peace. Uh, unless they actually have the capacity for violence. If they don't have the capacity for violence, they, they're, they're not choosing to be peaceful. They are helpless. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and it is different. Um, I want and, you to say it again. Mm-hmm. I reckon, oh, I I'm, reckon not, no. I'm definitely not saying it right. No, no. But that's the no, concept. Because, because the, yeah. the, the concept here mm-hmm. in this podcast is if you don't have the capacity to handle mm-hmm. the aggression, yes, which you're saying inevitably – can appear in one's life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what your journey is mm-hmm. towards becoming a more joyful, loving, mm-hmm. happier human mm-hmm. being. If yeah. you can't handle the aggression, yeah. then you're helpless. Yeah, whatever the situation. Incredible word. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I think I think it is really profound, and that's why it's something that I like to share because I think it resonates yeah. personally with me. It resonates, you know, very strongly with, uh, you know, when I share it with people I'm teaching, whether they are students or teaching the next generation of instructors. You know that. Um, I'm, I'm responsible for teaching from time to time as well. Um, and again, yeah, I agree with where I think where you're going is that, yeah, that can apply anywhere. If I don't have the preparation to deal with the confrontation, whatever that may be, I, I'm not choosing an outcome. I'm helpless yeah. in whatever that outcome is. Yeah. He will choose the outcome. Yeah. So, you know, I understand, look, I'm, I, I understand from what others said, I'm very good at what I do. Um, people say, oh, you know, you must really love violence. No, I abhor violence. Yeah. I, I hate violence. I, I don't like it whatsoever. I'm quite good at it, but I've trained to be able to, you know, face it and deal with it. And I'm yeah. not saying, hey, I'm the guy, you know, I can deal with any. I'm certainly not saying that yeah. because the moment, you know, we let arrogance come into it, well, <laughs> yeah, that's another uh, you know, story altogether and yeah. exposes to a lot of different problems. Um, but because I've got the preparation, I'm like, okay, well, I choose to be peaceful because I do have the capacity for violence and others do that's as well. That's fascinating. And the difference is that's my choice. There are plenty of people out there who have a capacity for violence. Yeah. They're not choosing to be peaceful yeah. and they're not peaceful people. So in my experience and what I teach and train, violence is not a problem necessarily. It's a tool. You know, yeah. it is a tool like anything else and how do I use and implement that? You mean you're responsive Violence. You're Absolutely. not. You're not leading with the violence. No. but you're responding. Correct. With aggression. Yes. Yeah. 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 And assertiveness is another good way. I mean, you know, I use the word violence because that is what it is. Yeah. Um, though, well, particularly you know, at the level you're talking about. Well, for any of us, yeah. you know, I mean, it's. It, 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 I don't, I, it doesn't feel right, you know, to say, look, I'm, I've, got a, I've got danger to me and I'm responding with violence. But it is what's happening. Yeah. You know? um, <clears throat> I'm responding with force. I'm yeah. responding with aggression and assertiveness yeah. to ensure my safety yeah. or someone else's safety, um, which we can do as well. Um, but it's only when I have the capacity to face that can I choose to not use it. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm choosing to not use it every day. Sure. You know, yeah. as, as the majority of society, well, you know, I don't want to engage with someone. Yeah. Why do I want to engage violently with someone? I don't want to. Mm. Most people don't. Mm. Um, and 
you know, I think, like I said, most people in society don't want to do that. And it's the people who want to do that. Well, they're the problem. Yeah. Not, not the capacity for violence. It's the, 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 the application of it. That and, makes it and because you feel prepared, mm. you're not afraid to call upon mm. your aggression, mm. violence, call it what you may, mm. as a response mechanism mm-hmm. should the situation Arise. Yeah, hey, absolutely. I've got an interesting question for you. Please. Now. I think it's an interesting yeah, one okay. here. Right? <laughs> Let's go. Does, the, does that same principle mm-hmm. of feeling that you can call upon the right assertion, the right aggression, the right violence gain, call it what you may, mm-hmm. does that translate, for example, into your day-to-day relationships? Hello, let's get back to family. Mm-hmm. Couples. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, for goodness sake, in marriages, I don't know of any relationship that doesn't have its moments sure. of, of, of distance, its mm-hmm. moments of challenge, mm-hmm. um, its moments where it, there is a tension between husband and wife or partners, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. And one, therefore, by your principle here, mm-hmm. needs to be prepared to be able to <laughs> sure. handle th- these <laughs> moments. I think if we're talking about relationship, let's leave the the, the, the euphemism of violence out of it. <laughs> but um, look, no, there are absolutely a lot of benefits um, that I see translate out of the training environment, out of dealing with physical violence that may be presented to me or someone else. There's so many benefits that I see, you know, uh, apply across the board. For yeah. example, um, th- let's imagine that. The highest level of stress, yeah. and I know we're we're here a little bit on camera, but also you know it's just audio, so I won't give images yeah, sure, too many sure, with sure, my sure, hands. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but let's say you're you're every day you're just a regular person, like yeah. the majority of society, and the highest level of stress, the stress that you ever experience is level five. Okay, like okay. out of ten, ten yeah, is yeah, like yeah. off the charts. Yeah. I'm now in danger of my life. Yeah. that's the level of stress my body yeah. is now under. My guy at the Gabba the other night, he was on a level. He was on a level eight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. just say your your everyday level of stress you've ever experienced is a five. Yeah. Okay. And then you're you're exposed to a stressor on the street that might be a level eight or nine or heaven forbid level ten. Yeah. Your ability to jump from five to to 10 yeah. and be functional is virtually zero yeah. um, because you know that's that's what they would or another author or an author has referred to as, or numerous uh, professionals in the industry have referred to almost like the black zone because your heart rate is too high your blood pressure is too high your 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 response mechanism shuts down physiologically yeah. shuts down because you don't have the capacity to jump five steps you know like you know from five to ten for example um, <clears throat> but in your, but it, translate that into just a work environment. Again, your maximum level is five. Suddenly you're presented with a level six at work and you're like, oh my goodness, you know I mean? Because ultimately the stress on the body, it's a chemical response. It's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a brain interpretation of uh, that hormonal response. You know, am I in danger or not? Okay, is it exhilarating? Is it not? Is this just a lot of pressure? So, you know, you might be able to handle a six pretty well you know, if it was in your work environment and you're like, okay, but it, it's causing me a lot of stress and anxiety to go up to a level six because it's higher than what I'm used to. Yeah. Now, if people come to training, as uh, we, we teach them, they train and we start putting them under high levels of pressure, high levels of stress, you know, in the physical training that we take them through. And as best as we simulate, we can get them quite easily up to stress levels, you know, for example, like seven, eight, 
nine. Wow. I don't believe you can put someone to a level 10 if we say level 10 is fear of your life because mm. you actually have to know, I could die right now. Mm. <laughs> you know, and you cannot simulate that. Everyone knows it's a simulation. Mm. So just say <clears throat> in training, you get used to working up around a level eight. Again, for uh, just use of reference. Well, now you're back at your desk and you're still only experiencing level five. How do you feel? More calm. Yeah. Oh, well, now you've got a level six stress drop on your desk. Okay, that's fine. I can deal with that because mm. I've experienced more and I've come down from it. Heaven forbid, now you're on the street and you're presented with a level nine, a level 10. Mm. What's the jump you're now making? Mm. It's not five steps. It's two steps yeah. or one step. Yeah. So the response there, um, it's easier to close the gap. Yeah. But we do see, and I've had feedback from hundreds and hundreds of students. I've taught thousands over the years that they said, you know, my everyday life, I am so much more calm. Well, and it's not yeah. just around, uh, I don't feel danger from people. It's like yeah. this thing that used to frustrate me at my work, it doesn't bother me anymore. Oh. Or, you know, the, the, the stress I'm having with, yeah. you know, the partner at home, well, it's just an argument. I don't feel the stress level anymore. Okay. So it gives us clarity on how to deal with it. Simply yeah. because the yeah. body has started to be conditioned how to respond effectively and maintain functionality under higher levels of stress. Well, well therefore, what, mm. what you're saying, you can see the smile on my face. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> therefore, because you know how to handle, mm. in inverted commas, mm -hmm. a level eight or a nine, mm -hmm. and maybe even a level nine or ten, where your life's actually been threatened, you may mm. have been there before, that'd be an interesting question. Mm. Um, does this mean that you just don't, you don't get angry anymore? Well, I you find get yourself, angry. No, but, no, you know, seriously, you, as, you find yourself, yeah. you, your anger, you've got it pretty well under control, like I believe so. 95 I, I times out of 100? So. Yeah, I, I believe so. I yeah. mean, there are certainly things that really get me very angry, um, but for me, the things that get me angry, um, and I have no issue sharing it, I think it's more of concepts. Um, number one is injustice. Yeah. I think genuine injustice, not just, oh, I feel that's unfair. Well, you know, pull your head out. Something may be unfair, but it doesn't mean it's unjust. Yeah. You may feel it's not fair. Yeah, I mean, come on, I'm dealing with my kids all the time, but that's not fair. It's like, well, actually it is fair. <laughs> you know, you don't like the result, but it doesn't yeah. mean it's unfair. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I myself and I know, you know, my uh, professional colleagues who are also on the international team, there's a handful of them from around the world. Um, most of them, and, and, and thank you so much for, you know, what you said earlier, like you experiencing me to be this kind of, yeah. you know, kind of calm guy. All of them are like that. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't think, does this person really have this capacity? And, but when you see them in action, you're like, wow. Like, yeah, man, yeah thank you, Bruce Willis. But you know, when you see these guys, you'd be you're blown away. Well, let's be honest. Bruce had no control at all. <laughs> And I assume. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, like, you know, it's like, but this this doesn't like it's something might bother me. But it's not I find it's not going to induce a level of emotional response. Yeah. Because why? Because there's bigger things, harder yeah, things. I think that there's I've your key, with, mate. That's harder the key. things I've been through. Yeah. And how does this compare? Well, this is kind of small yeah. stuff. You know, but for me, yeah, injustice, a genuine injustice, something that's not right um i get angry about but yeah. i you know you can still be angry and controlled and measured uh, another thing is uh, violence against uh people who 
you know, it cannot help Hand itself. Themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's yeah, yeah. like you know, violence on children, yeah. or like, nah, forget it. Like, yeah, yeah, that will boil me. Yeah, and but again, that ties into is that just? And absolutely yeah. not. It's not just. Um, but yeah, like someone you know cuts me off in traffic. Sure, I might get a little bit cross, but I'm certainly not going to lose it. Like, what for? Yeah, what for? There's no, there's no point. It's a waste of, it's a waste of energy and emotion. So, um, I'm, I'm imagining domestic violence against women, for example, yes. would be something that would. Mm. As in, like, get me to feel? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But the other way as well. You know, I've, I know numerous males that are someone currently, you know, I've had having conversations with, he's, and he's a very physically capable guy, mm. but has been on the receiving end of violence from a female partner. What does that look like? I haven't really spoken. Like same same thing. Right. You know what what can happen. You know one way can certainly happen another way. And this yeah. is absolutely not me going. Oh, but guys too. No, no, no. Look, we know the prevalence and the the higher uh, chance, the higher incidence is yeah. male towards female. But it does happen both ways. Yeah. But no. But for me, yeah, it doesn't matter who's experiencing it. It's it, it it's it's not right. It's not just. And sure, I feel angry around that. Mm. Um, in the same way as you know, us as an organization, we uh, will support anyone's right to protect themselves it doesn't mm. matter uh who they are someone from you know uh from from aggression and um uh oppression and violence uh that is being you know meted out against them everyone has the right to protect themselves for sure yeah, yeah. You know? but tim the great the great learning so far in this podcast mm. and it's a new one this is what excites me i think mm -hmm. we're up to episode 60 61 something mm -hmm. like that mate mm -hmm. And it's a brand new learning that I've not heard before in any other podcast. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, and, and, glad and, to contribute. And it is this. Mm. Any person on the mission of wanting to find within themselves sustainable inner joy, greater love for self and greater love for others and bring more meaning to their life mm. – you're, you're, you're delusional if you think you're going to go down that pathway without striking obstacles mm -hmm. along the way, blockages along the way that can potentially uh, get in your way. Yes. And you may have to call upon assertion, aggression, violence, mm -hmm. call it what you may, yeah. but there may need to be a response mm -hmm. that is – not loving. For right now at the moment, for example, I'm thinking of Gandhi's civil disobedience, for example. Mm. That was a uh, that was a call upon a nonviolent but very assertive, a very aggressive stance against the British. Mm -hmm. um, it did cost lives mm. um, and there would be people that would argue as to whether ultimately it was successful. Mm. Um, but fascinating that a man supposedly of great love Mm. For uh, love, full stop. Mm. That he loved, he loved to love people. You know, everyone of, of, mm. of, of, of the Indian continent. Mm. Um, you're going to have to be able to know. Mm how to handle such blockages. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, we're, Otherwise, we're you're helpless. 100%. We're, we're yeah. not choosing the outcome. We're helpless. Yeah. The outcome will choose itself. Yeah. And yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Um we're all, we're all, I agree, yes, we are all going to experience blockages, obstacles. And, and I mean, that, that's just given. You know, we're, we're here in this world, which is what it is. Um, we're living the life we are living. And to have an expectation of not, you know, having difficult times, it's, it's fantasy. You know, mm. It doesn't exist. And I don't think the issue so much is what I experience is, well, what do I do with that? 
Mm. You know, how do I approach it? Um, do I just kind of throw my hands up and go, hey, I'm helpless. I can't do anything here. And what will be will be, you know, certainly is an option. Mm. Um, may not be the one I desire, mm. but it certainly is an option. Or I say, well, you know what? I'm going to knuckle down and just keep going for it. And if I may give you an example, it came to mind as you're speaking. I've, I've been through a divorce uh, previously. Um, I've been through uh, rehabilitation facilities. Shortly after coming out of all that, I had all of my stuff as uh, that was in a storage facility. The storage facility went up in flames, <laughs> literally. I uh, lost everything. It wasn't uh, <laughs> insured. Um, professional obstacles that existed at the time, uh, 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 adversity from people around me at that time, like thing after thing after. And look, I, I don't think much of it. It's it's my life and what I've been through. And I don't know, maybe the maybe the skill sets that I um, that I developed before all those things happened, like within this field of work, um, maybe that helped with it. Um, you know, it absolutely could be, you know, my, uh, my, uh, religious beliefs, my faith in God to help me get through it, you know, whatever it is, but there was no other way that I need, that I could approach except I got to get through this. Well, dear people, you might consider this an interruption to the podcast. Not so. It is a glorious invitation, an invitation for you to join me and many, many others on that mighty trail to Everest Base Camp in Nepal. Or maybe you'd prefer to do Gokyo Lakes. Yes, you've got two choices there and both of them will not let you down. Why? Because you'll be walking under the shadow of the most powerful forces of nature upon our planet. But you're also trekking and hiking with the beautiful Sherpa who are our our guides are they the most peaceful tribe of people upon the planet i think so and they're beautifully founded in the spirit of buddhism just imagine it nature himalaya powerful forces sherpaism buddhism all infecting and invading your soul i'm letting you know now dear people you come on the mighty trek that's leaving Australia or entering Nepal on April the 3rd or 4th, 2024, and you cannot return to your home base, your country, the same person as the one who left. It is simply that powerful. Would you love to join us? Here's all you have to do. I want you to take note of this particular number. Now get a pen. I'm going to delay for a second. Uh, Three seconds I delayed for, plus six, one. 412-982-444. Now, you text me and say that you're interested and within 48 hours, I'll have delivered back to you a comprehensive information kit that gives you all the information that you will need to make an informed decision about joining us and the globe on a mighty trek to Everest Base Camp. And please remember that preceding that trek, we're also going to spend two beautiful days with 550 disabled children in Kathmandu. Yes, we built them a brand new school following the earthquakes of 2015, which shattered their classrooms. And and, and I, I, I hesitate to say this, But thankfully they did because the new school that they've got has been a a new energy for this beautiful community called Kagandra. Dear people, come to Nepal with us where I promise you that your spirit to become that more loving human being generate greater inner happiness. It will be enhanced. Hey, let's go back to this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Are you enjoying it? 
Now, Tim, I, I find that fascinating, the, mm-hmm. the, the reference to mm-hmm. your, your religious faith here, mm-hmm. because I was semi-aware that there, mm-hmm. there, there was a, a religious foundation. Mm-hmm. But the, the, uh, the smile on my face is all this work that you do, you know, mm-hmm. training, and you've used the word violence mm-hmm. uh, so many times here, and yet now we're talking about this mm-hmm. religious foundation. Could mm-hmm. you elaborate on what that foundation is, please? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very active. I'm very you know, strong in my beliefs, yeah. uh, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see, and I've actually been interviewed previously, you know, in some churches as well about this. Like, I don't see that the two areas actually conflict. Uh, elaborate on that. I want, I want to hear that. I, I can yeah. imagine what you're going to say, but I want to hear it. Yeah. Sure. Um, I'll do my best. Um, look, we have, uh, I think if you, if you look back to what did I say, the things that get me angry. Yeah. It's injustice. Yeah. Okay. It's it's uh, it's 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 abuse of um, you know people who may not be able to take care of themselves, um, and 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 how and how how is that contradictory to you know, faith and belief? It's not. You know, we we're given the responsibility to care for those who are not um, as well off as we are, yeah. or not uh, able to care for themselves. Um, you know, like. Yeah, for example, Bible says things like, you know, care for the widow, care for the orphan, you know, I mean, and that's a, not necessarily a specific reference, but, you know, also a general concept reference, you know. So empowering other people to protect themselves against injustice and, you know, being violently attacked by someone else is yeah. injustice. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't conflict with that. It doesn't contradict that. Yeah. You know, we have the right to protect yeah. ourselves. And those that matter to us and those yeah. are important to us, you know, from from things that are not, yeah, that, that shouldn't be happening to people. Yeah, mm. yeah. Did the most loving man in history, uh, mm-hmm. supposedly recorded, mm-hmm. JC, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. g- give us his examples because you'll be closer to it than I would be of where did he use anger and violence and well, he certainly. In, again, I'm not. I'm not a theologian, so <laughs> for, forgive me, anyone who is. And if I'm a little bit off the mark, I work on the the general concepts as best I can. Um, you know, the things that you know certainly, uh, I believe, you know, that recorded that uh, that he felt a lot of anger towards were things of oppression. You know, for example, from the religious leaders of the time that were yeah. not necessarily you know fulfilling their role as they they should have been. Yeah. Uh, that you know, as was said, was prescribed. Um, but you know, creating burdens on people, creating things to to be difficult for them rather than you know uh, giving them. I know whatever it is, you know, peace, you know, yeah. or, or a way to connect with, you know, their belief of God and that sort yeah. of thing. So those sort of things definitely angered him. Yeah. Um, but also in inju- like injustice, you know, to other people, mm-hmm. um, standing up for those who were uh, helpless or less yeah. able to. Yeah, he certainly did those things. Um, but yeah, like, and I, and I love having this conversation with. Um, others of uh, Christian faith as well and say, well, don't forget, Jesus did act in violence. Yeah. I go, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, it's recorded in the scriptures that, you know, he, he went to visit the temple, which is, you know, meant to be the house of his father. And it was being used as a marketplace, you know, very you know, disrespectful, very, yeah, and, and already some people would say like even, you know, overinflated pricing, that sort of thing. So people couldn't <laughs> sacrifice. So it's just, it was abuse and corruption. Yeah. And he got furious and yeah. he physically <laughs> threw people out. He was yeah. throwing the tables over, you know, releasing the animals. Like, and if I understand correctly also, you know, even grabbed a, 
a, a rope or cord and was physically beating them like to get out, you know, oh. because that that was ultimate disrespect and ultimate abuse yeah. of people who, for example, were coming, you know, to the temple to, you know, engage in their religious practice and say, yeah, I'm coming here to get closer to God, yet I'm being abused by the people who should be assisting us with that, you know. So there, there is a place, there is a place for it, okay. but it's not gratuitous. Yeah. And that, I think that's the difference. Yeah. And, and, mm. and of course, in the same breath as we imagine those images mm. um, in the temple, I would have loved to see uh, <laughs> what that actually looked like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've got I've got some images going on. Yeah. But we must not lose sight that mm. that in the other ninety nine percent of time he was actually mm. selling the solution. Mm. Um, you, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount and mm-hmm. um, um, mm. Father, forgive them; they know not what they yes. do. You know, mm. Uh, mm. Um, ultimate love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. I think we. Uh, I'd like to move it towards masculinity. Sure. You know, at, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a with with a story, if I may, and it is a personal story. And mm-hmm. hi, champ. Um, I just made a reference to my to my son, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he'll remember the story at mm. uh, at his secondary school. Mm-hmm. Um, James used to go pretty well on the sporting field, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so much so that he 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 got some very very handsome rewards in his school, mm. even at grade nine mm. uh, as an open player he, mm-hmm. he was playing cricket mm-hmm. in their first 11 in year nine so mm-hmm. he had this tag of mr cricket <laughs> at yeah. a very early age and mm. of course um a particular person who we might call in um in in in, in the terms that are often used today, a bully mm-hmm. um, used to pick on Mr. Cricket mm-hmm. um, all the time, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and he was quite a sizable young man. The bully was? Yeah, the yeah. bully was, mm-hmm. yeah. So he had a uh, big frame. Mm-hmm. And um, what James and I decided to do mm-hmm. is I took him down to uh, to the boxing centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was only over the space of two or three months James mm-hmm. learned to, you know, punch the bag in a yeah. certain way. And mm-hmm. I don't know whether he had a spa. Um, well, he would have felt good about 10. it. <laughs> he would have yeah, felt better. But yeah. I, know, I know that it did have an, an impact on the way James carried himself. Yes. And somehow the word got around through mates mm-hmm. that, oh, James has been going down to the boxing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they talk in of grade course. nine, you yeah, know. Of course. And what was, grade abs- nine, everywhere, yeah. <laughs> what was absolutely fascinating <laughs> was that um, slowly but surely the, the bullying – whatever that looked like, mm. it just started to erode, disappear. Yeah. It just diluted. It mm. was it, it, the, the, the bully mm. um, obviously had a different interpretation and yes. an image of how James yes. was carrying himself yes. and, and responded mm. um, accordingly. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, did I do the right thing there, Tim? <laughs> I get asked that question a fair bit, especially from people who have been through something. And my answer is quite simple. What was the outcome? Was it successful? Yeah. Therefore, you did the right thing. Yeah. yeah and, that, and that's what's important. Tim, um, the podcast is about inner joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's about finding greater capacity mm. To love on a daily basis, mm. love people, love self, love life, mm. you know? and you know, consequently, bring more meaning to our lives. Mm. In this podcast, you've presented yourself as a um, 
a man very much in control of your loving capacity. You've got a, mm. uh, a, a lovely demeanor about the way that you present yourself. Thank you. You know, you speak uh, with a, a lovely energy that's you know, not over the top. Mm. Um, um, it's got a nice balance to it. Um, and yet um, you're, you're doing work that, that can deal with violent situations, mm, you know, mm, mm-hmm. right? But nevertheless, the person that you have become through it all mm. um, is, is the one that sells a very powerful message, mm. right? So I want you to nail it to anyone out there who is really interested mm. in how do I create more confidence more joy, more happiness for myself on a sustainable basis. Mm. From your perspective, how does one become and live Mm. through action a more loving human being? If if Mm. I said, what two, three, four strategies, actions, Mm. do you think are just fundamental Mm. given all these incredible experiences that Mm. you've had? Mm. What do you suggest? Something that's just come to mind, um, I suppose, is to, I mean, one thing that I suppose kept me going forward, um, and I've only touched on some of the adversity, um, was uh, a goal or a purpose. And I'm not talking, you know, about some utopian, oh, this is my ultimate purpose. No, no, no. I think that, that that can create bigger problems at times for people. But, you know, for example, um, I know there was one time I was really, really struggling dealing with uh, all the things I was dealing with. Everything was like clashing together at once. And I was literally for a short period of time living in my uh, older brother's house, like for a period of weeks, a couple months, something like that. And I was home alone there and I was on the floor, uh, tiled floor, on my face, absolutely weeping. Like the floor was wet around me um, because of the, the weight and the burden of the adversity that was ahead of me with everything I was dealing with. What age were you then? Um, oh, Roughly. 13 years now. So that was what? Oh, hang on, what year was that? Plus or minus. I was, I was, okay, in, I was in my early 30s. I was okay. in my early 30s <laughs> um, at that time. Um, but what, what's my purpose that I can think of right there? Like, and, and when I'm in that state, or I believe anyone is in that state of absolute, you know, soul-wrenching grief, um, I can't say, well, you know, what's my purpose in life? Go on, this is absolutely ridiculous. What's my purpose right now? Well, one, I'm going to experience this feeling, this emotion and get through that. And then I've got to get up off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's my next purpose. I've got to take the next step forward. Yeah. So the purpose or a purpose or goal could be just, well, what's the next step that I can take, you know, yeah. to better myself or my position right now? Okay. How can I take some proactive position uh, or some action that gives me some measure of uh, success. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a massive, um, wow, this is, you know, I've come through this, now I've got my stuff together, I can move on. But I, again, I was speaking with a friend just yesterday who's got some significant challenges ahead of him right now. And one of these uh, things we had to have a very difficult discussion with uh, a landlord. He's like, I, you know, I've kind of done the wrong thing here. I need to, um, I don't know how to approach it. I was like, you got to have the conversation. Yeah. You know, and that'll be hard and it, yeah. and it won't be pleasant. Yeah. But 
I know from my experience, as much as I also go, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to do this action. I don't want to do that. I know that on the other side of it, yeah. it will be improved. Yeah. And, you know, and so I think that's one of those things. What is the next step I can take for improvement? Whether mm. and, and that step could be just for the next 10 seconds. Yeah. What's the next minute, the next half yeah. day, the next day? What can I do? That's it. Mm. And then we find that the bigger picture, I believe, evolves. And so that's, that's one thing I think, you know. What's what your purpose right now? now? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I think as a father of young young children, uh, as time of this podcast, the three and a half and five and a half, um, my purpose is to, I believe, for them as a father, to give them the best opportunities possible mm. to become the best because they're boys, the best men that they can be. Wow. Um, and, and otherwise I wouldn't have been given the gift of these two boys. Yeah. You know, so that is certainly my purpose, you know, with them. Um, after that, as much as I want to protect them yeah. um, because I love them, we can't insulate them. Yeah. They have to experience adversity. Yeah. And, and every person thrives when we have adversity and we learn how to overcome it. Yeah. It's not about providing a safe space for them that uh, they can hide this from is these good. things. It's not about, oh, here's your safe space. You can go here and hide. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and everything has its time and place. Yeah. But um, they have to have adversity they have to have challenges uh, and it's not that I'm going to go out there and say okay cool what sadistic thing can I throw at them to give them overcoming no but you but may choose to be the catalyst for absolutely their experiences yeah exactly yeah. Or, or I look at an experience that they're or something they're trying to do um, and I sit back and say hmm me being the ultimate wisdom in their life at this <laughs> at this stage I can evaluate what is the risk for them yeah and I say Okay, if they fail in that, yeah, what effect will that have on them? Will it be devastating, or will it just <laughs> suck? Will it not be nice? Yeah. But if they achieve that, yeah, how will they feel as well? Ooh, did that one hit home for you guys? Every person thrives when we have adversity and we learn how to overcome it thrives love that word not just survives not just carries on thrives when we learn how to overcome adversity there's a wonderful quote by the author patrick overton and he says when you walk to the edge of all the light you have and take the first step into the darkness of the unknown you must believe that one of two things will happen there will be something solid for you to stand upon or you will be taught to fly isn't that great? It's an appeal to this daring self-reliance, I reckon. It says, when I depart my comfort zone, I'm either going to find it welcoming or I'm going to discover how to thrive. It's this glorious invitation to be bold. So here's the question. What are you going to do this week that is bold? And maybe not just in the common meaning of the word bold, which is unhesitating or courageous in the face of actual or possible danger or rebuff, but also the more mischievous meaning of the word bold, which is not hesitating to break the rules of propriety. So how are you going to be bold this week? What rule are you going to break in the face of which danger are you going to flash a cheeky smile? Secondly, or sorry, third, whatever number we're up to there, I need to allow them the ability to make decisions 
even though I see, again, depending on what, how, what the severity of the outcome will be, I need to allow them to make decisions that may not be the best, though if they do achieve that and it was a good decision, yep, great. But even if it was not a great decision and I know that it's going to have <laughs> an unpleasant outcome, we'll just still allow them to make that decision. Mm. Of course, if it's a catastrophic outcome, the answer is no. Of course. Because otherwise I'm being negligent. Yeah. But I believe at the same time, I'm being negligent in not allowing them to have a decision. Yeah. yeah that's age appropriate and situational appropriate as well. Mm. And I have sometimes like, well, I, I really don't think you should do that. I'm going to do that. Go ahead. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. And yeah, the you know, uh, metaphorical fall happens and yeah. then says, okay. So then I come over, scoop him up, give him a hug, reassure yeah. them and say, it's okay. Yeah. Let's try again. Yeah. You know, and give them support that they're okay to try these things. They're okay. Mm. It's okay. Also, I guess nothing. It's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. I will love you. I will accept you. If someone doesn't, they're not worth your time. Yeah. But it's okay to make mistakes. We need to be forgiving to ourselves, mm. which is something I don't believe people often do, but yeah. something I've had to learn to do for myself. It's very easy, I believe, for us to go, oh, I'll forgive other people. So, but I need to also forgive myself. Yeah. You know, I need to allow myself the room to make mistakes and say, it's okay, mm. you know, rather than, oh, you crazy fool. You know, why did I try that? You idiot, this and that, which, you know, our internal monologue can be vicious to mm. ourself. Mm. And one thing that, you know, I learned and, and I share with people, so be careful of that in a monologue. And I'm, I'm very careful of it with the, the, the kids when it's verbalized is when I, when I allow my thoughts to go to a place of, oh, you know, you stupid, you shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. You know, about myself, stop for a moment and say, this thought process I'm having right now, these things I'm saying to myself, would I say those things to someone I deeply care about and deeply love? Mm. And if the answer is no, then I shouldn't entertain it in myself as well yeah. because our thoughts get through our defenses naturally. Yeah. If someone said those words to me, I could probably get very you know, defiant and resistant, like, well, you know, go to hell, I'm not going to engage yeah. with you, and I could, re I could repel it. But when it's inside myself and I allow it to you know, manifest and think about that, yeah. it takes root much better. Yeah. So allowing them the understanding that failure is okay and failure is not the problem. It's like, well, what do I learn from that and how can I do it differently mm. next time? So mm. I suppose those are a few points. Yeah, yeah, may... yeah. Well, Tim, the care that you've given us this afternoon is um, I'm going to summarize it like this, if I may. Sure. Right, right. Um, Chip and I take great delight in remembering all of our of our episodes. And um, I, I think if someone said, you know, episode yeah, 14, Bella Cameron, I would go unlearning mm -hmm. because that lady mm. gave us a philosophy about how to, the importance of not buying into everything that she was taught as she as she grew up from mm. the education system. Mm. Episode number one, you know, um, the great uh, Ken Packenham, he taught us about the importance of being values driven. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, this is going mm -hmm. to be episode number 61, 62. Mm -hmm. Every time I mention a number like that, it'll be the wrong one, mate. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> but it's somewhere there, okay? Sure. <laughs> and I know that I am going to say, ah, that's the episode where I learned that to be love also actually means to be equipped to be able to handle the unexpected, to mm. be able to assert, to be able to exhibit tough love, mm. um, to be where appropriate, even aggressive, and, mm. you know, should the obstacle be one that is uh, attacking the safety 
of mm. love, mm. then it, it will need to be violent. And mm. that is not an anti-love um, no. response. Mm-mm. That is actually one that can promote love in mm. that it can combat the perpetrator, yeah. the violence itself, mm. but even more importantly, give one the confidence mm. to have faith mm. in themselves mm. so that they can handle mm. any any situation. Mm. And I, that I, am, is, I am worth protecting. Yeah, that's going yeah. to be the, the big take-home pay, I've no doubt, <laughs> um, out of this, this mm. episode. And it hasn't been hasn't been given to us, mm. um, not in this way anyway, um, as, as it has been done by you, Tim mm. Alexander. Mm-hmm. So, mate, can I thank you ever so much for oh, your time, my, my your, your energy, your, it's my pleasure. your effort thank in you. being here. And I appreciate your time and <laughs> wanting to have a chat. Oh, mate, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great journey. As, mm. you know, again, Chip and I just say we're just two humble guys on the journey. Mm. We're inviting all listeners to, mm. uh, to, to join two people who just want to ask the question, is, is, mm. there, is there another way uh, mm. that results in more joy? More yeah, happiness, absolutely. more love, no, and more meaning. It's my to, pleasure to if there's something lives. that I've been able to contribute to that. It's an absolute honor. Now, terrific, mate. We always end on this. Congratulations, mate. You are episode 61 of A Journey with Bernie and Chip. Chip, you got. <laughs> Can Absolutely. you believe that one of our podcast guests called him Bing the other day? <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I got no idea. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and I haven't utilized it yet, but it's coming. <laughs> do you want, to, want to do another soundbite? We can do that one if you want. <laughs> Just frustrating. Cheers, dear people. Thank you for listening. This was Tim Alexander. God bless you all. Look forward to another episode. It's around the corner, dear folks. Cheers. Bye. Well, good people, what did you think of that? I don't know about you, but I just loved it. But I continue to love these stories and these journeys of people's lives that can give to us strategies and actions and routines and and disciplines and ways of seeing the world, all of which can help us to become more loving human beings, happier ones too. And listening intently is the chipster, Chip Lachlan Huddy, our editor and producer. And as promised, he's about to deliver Chip's take-home pay, a four-minute summary of all the goodness and the gold that we just heard over the last hour. Hey, take it away, Chip. Thanks, Byrne, and thank you, listeners, for staying with us this long and for joining me on another edition of Chip's Take Home Pay. I have many thoughts this week. Um, Tim raised so many hefty points, so many meaty points, uh, that today's Take Home Pay is going to be quite bigger picture, uh, quite bird's eye view. So please stay with me uh, because it might seem a bit too cerebral, a bit too unactionable, but I will bring it all back to the hard concrete of next steps. I promise. Just come with me for now. Okay. Bernie and I have been thinking a lot about the mission of this podcast lately. Uh, What are we really trying to do with this show? What are we actually advocating for? And we're advocating for this modified existence, right? This modified existence that will bring more joy, more love, more meaning into everyone's lives. But what's the goal of that? Well, the goal is a better world. But what it means to say you want to create a better world is that the world we have right now isn't good enough. 
Which sounds despairing, but, you know, I trust you all to take it in the spirit in which it's intended, which is not pessimistic, but realistic. And I think most of us would agree, anyway, right now, the world isn't really good enough, okay? We've got two major wars going on. We're looking down the barrel of a third. We're seeing really alarming levels of ideological division and extremist thinking. If the world right now were a person, you probably wouldn't want to hang out with them, would you? But guess what? You don't have a choice. This damaged world is all we have. And what's the old saying? If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. But to love a damaged thing is to be prepared for the damage that it will try to inflict on you. If you want to help someone, you have to be able to stick around. And if you can stick around, if you can absorb and repel the violence that this damaged person tries to inflict on you, then, and only then, do you have a shot at helping them get better. But I tell you what, the world's a big place, so it's going to take a lot of warriors to help it get better. So that's what I'm asking with this week's take-home pay. Do you want to be one of those warriors? Do you want to be a brick in the edifice of this better world that we're trying to build? And if you do want that, how do you make sure that you're hard enough to carry your share of the load? Well, to answer that, let's take it back down to earth now, guys. And I simply cannot put it better than Tim did in this episode. What can you do right now? What is the very next action that you can use to begin to build a skill set and a mindset that will enable you to thrive in the face of the violence that this imperfect world will throw at you? I can only speak for myself. Here's what I did. And I'm really happy I did this, okay? Because the podcast... Uh, was a really big part of my decision. And Bernie and I are always banging on about how we're just two blokes on a journey. And through our journey, we want to show people how to live this modified existence. But for that to mean anything, we've really got to put our money where our mouths are. And we have to action for ourselves the advice that we put out through the show. And so this is what I did. So on Wednesday night, I finally kept a promise I've been making to myself for seven years. And I went to Tim's website, K for Kilo, M for Mike, T for Tango, A for Alpha, dot com, dot AU. And I signed up for Krav Maga Training Academy's free trial session. Free, guys. Okay, free. No risk here at all. So my wife and I, Renee, went on Wednesday night. It was sweaty. It was demanding. It threw you right into the thick of it, and it was deeply rewarding. Uh, We're now signed up to regular classes, and I really think it's as simple as that this week, guys. Get your nails dirty and get some proven practical self-defense skills. Start building that propensity for the kind of tough love that Tim spoke about all throughout this episode. That capacity for real, resilient, mature, adult love. The kind that hopes for the best, but is prepared for the worst. Now, for some of you, I understand self-defense classes might just be too daunting right now. That's fine, but I really encourage you to do what you need to do to be ready to learn some self-defense. And I think all of us always should hold this truth in our minds. If you want to be a loving person in the world we have, peacefulness by itself 
is not good enough because this world we have is not good enough. And on the path between the world we have and the world we want, there will be violence. So let's fight with all the love we have. Uh, that's all from me, beautiful people. I'm Chip Huddy. This has been Chip's Take Home Pay, and I do hope you found some pay worth taking home. As always, my friends, Auf Wiedersehen. Ah, uh, that was gold here, people. That was Lachlan Huddy and Chip's Take Home Pay. Simple strategies, aren't they? Just humble suggestions taken specifically from this episode. And you know, and I know that if we implement them into our lives, it's just going to help us to be happier, a more beautiful human being and a more loving one at that. And who doesn't want that happening in their lives? Oh, dear people, I do hope this episode of A Journey with Bernie had a positive impact upon you. I can't wait to deliver the next one. Hey, it's just around the corner. Please enjoy this journey of life. Embrace this journey. And in the meantime, dear people, just remember this. <laughs>